to look at, start to look at Hebrews 11. We're going to be looking at this chapter over the next three weeks. But first, a quick recap from last week. We sort of saw a, a, a bit of a transition that uh, in the chapter 10, 11 through the end of the chapter, it started out continuing with this theme of this warning against um, superficial faith and willful disobedience and started out verse 26 for if we go on sinning deliberately after having received the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin and in verse 32 though we saw the this sort of transition here the sort of a change in mood and where the writer says, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. And then it talks about in verse 36, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. So there's this change in mood. It's no longer really a warning. Now, we're, now it's definitely talking to believers who are struggling and but uh, enduring and so this is a encouragement to endure and the last verse then sort of it closes out by saying but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed but of those who have faith and preserve their souls so one maybe natural question out of that is so what is faith? Well, we have an answer right here, starting in verse 11, or chapter 11. In fact, the whole chapter is going to um, describe in detail, with detailed examples, what is faith? What's this faith that the writer talks about? And so we, from what we've seen just prior to, we have this idea that faith is, has something to do with um, with perseverance, with endurance, and that's what they're being um, encouraged to do. Um, and so, faith is what's required. So, in chapter 11, we're going to see faith defined, and we're going to see living, <laughs> living examples of this perseverance and this faith. <laughs> and we're also going to see a bit of an answer to this question, this question that really I'm sure was in the mind of these Hebrew believers that this book was primarily addressed to is, well, how, how are all these Old Testament men of faith, these Old Testament saints, these believers, how were they approved of God prior to the coming of the Messiah? And so we're going to get some insight into that as well. But the purpose is not just an academic one to understand what went on back then. The purpose is to encourage us in our uh, Faith and our pursuit of endurance and our perseverance. Um, so we're going to read through. This is commonly known as the Hall of Faith. It's 
a list of sometimes surprising individuals that <laughs> surprising that they would be mentioned in this uh, as examples of faith. And so we're going to encounter a number of those. And we're going to see some new information that brand new that really wasn't um, described in the Old Testament accounts. But the writer here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, um, reveals to us some new things. So um, that's interesting. And we're going to look. We're going to see how just as the whole book of Hebrews sheds light on the true nature of faith in the Old Testament and the history of God's redemption, that it all is at its root um, Christological. It all points to Christ. And we're going to see that um, made really very clear in, in this, that, um, that in the Old Testament, even though it was uh, a shadow, they didn't necessarily understand. It was all pointing forward to Christ and their faith in fact, was looking forward to this Messiah who would come. And ultimately, that was the source of their forgiveness, was the blood of Christ, the, the Messiah who would come, yet um, the instrument of, of, of it, of their acceptance, was the faith that they had. So we're going to see that. Just quickly, why is it Today, in our culture, or in any culture, in any age, why is it important that we understand faith? Or how is an underst a proper understanding of faith important to how we live? We, we understand that we have faith in our salvation. We believe in Christ, and in that we're saved. But how is it then important that we really understand faith? Say, particularly in our culture today. Maybe in contrast to our culture today, why is a proper understanding? Any any insights? Any opinions? Prepare yourself for the future. For yeah. What's coming? Yes, that's true. And yeah, there is a in all of this. There is a um, and use a big word eschatological um, sense to all this. It looks forward. It was for the Old Testament believer, it was looking forward to Christ, but it was also looking even forward, even further forward to the things that we look forward to, which is um, which is the coming of Christ. But it's a new um, a new foundation, a new building, a new foundation, a new city. And we'll see that specifically. Any other? Yeah. But they don't have the yeah. problem of faith. Yeah. I mean, they figure, well, if I just have faith, that's all I need. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It's sort of weird sometimes you hear that, yeah, just believe. Well, believe in what? I mean, <laughs> is, is this some kind of metaphysical thing that, I mean, I think some people think it is. But, um, but yeah, but the object of your faith. Obviously, um, I don't know, this came to mind. I, the old uh, Michael Jordan Looney Tunes, I forget the name of the movie. Uh, Space Jam. Yeah, Space Jam. It's like, I believe I can fly, you know, all that. It's like, uh, yeah. okay, if you're Michael Jordan, yeah, you can fly from the, the 
from the uh, foul line, you know, to the, but yeah. But um, yeah, or, yeah, just believe you can do anything you want. Well, you know, <clears throat> believe in yourself. I mean, that's a common theme. It's like, whoa, I don't, there's not much. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's pretty well, low bar. <laughs> Go ahead. So we're studying, you know, Hebrews, we're talking about that, you know, uh, you ask, you know, why is it important to understand faith? You know, you look at some of these people that uh, listed as people being faithful. If, you know, I've done quite a bit of study on, on Samson. And yeah. if you were alive during Samson's life, I find it very hard. If you were one of these buddies and you're thinking about it, there's no way you would really be willing to call that, you know, you go, you know, that. It, yeah. I, I guess it, what I'm saying is it gives us hope, right? Yeah. Because, because if Samson can make it, yeah. I might have a chance. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. And we're going to, yeah, we'll, we'll see that, uh, I think, next week. But yeah, that's one of the surprising names that we find in here. And so we'll, we'll look at that. But that's, but that's true, yeah. But in all of these, it wasn't maybe so explicitly stated in the Old Testament. But, but you know, it was faith that, that gave them endurance or faith that gave them um, hope. And um, so... Let's look at it. So, we're going to start out. Um, let's um, um, let's go ahead and read through the the entire passage. Um, you guys want to read that for us? Hebrews eleven. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found, because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near God must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark with the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign man, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to see that his spouse, whose designer and builder is God. Okay. So. So what is faith? Starting in verse 1, what does it say? <laughs> 
How is faith defined? So two elements. Number one, the assurance of things hoped for. And number two, the conviction of things not seen. So we have a definition. We have this sort of thing, this description. This is what, com- what faith is comprised of, which is sort of the, the meat, I guess, of faith. And so it's assurance of things hoped for, conviction of things not seen. So there's a... Um, there's, the, there's an idea of um, a forward-looking kind of thing, hope for. So things, now is that hope? What, what is hope? What are we saying? Oh, I hope, man. I hope I win the lottery or whatever. I mean, what, what are we talking about hope here? Can't be that, can it? <laughs> well, hope in the Bible is more of an assurance. Yeah. It's looking forward to what we know is yeah. This is the hope that we, the word that we use most often here is, I hope I get it right for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. The, yeah, go. Sorry. Yeah. Is it kind of like a, being fueled or having like, having a foundation in something that is going to happen? Yeah, I think it's, there's, it's, um, I'm, I think in scripture, I mean, we see here and we talk about the hope, the hope of our salvation is Christ. I mean, it's, it's the, yeah, there, it's an assurance. It's the assurance of things hoped for. I mean, really, the, this definition sort of describes what hope is. It, it's assurance. It's the the hope is the assurance isn't a result of the hope the hope is the result of the assurance i guess you could say so um our hope is in christ because we have been we have been assured by the promises of god um there's a basis to it and that basis is god himself our basis is his character that we understand that he is faithful to his promises um, and that is where our faith lies so lies upon that so if we don't accept that then our faith is not going to be faith at all it's not going to be solid it's and so it's based on God himself and we'll and that and we're going to see that we're going to see that lived out as we go through this. Um, the other thing, the other part of it, is the conviction of things not seen. And so, again, that's where, um, even though we don't see it, we can be assured of it because of God Himself, because of His character because of his promises and so that's demonstrated very clearly um, with our with our next sort of our first example of faith now but wait let me back up 
Verse 2, though, says, for by it the people of old, old received their commendation. So that's sort of the intro that is going to say that these people had faith, but what was the result of their faith? It wasn't faith just to live a good life. It wasn't faith to receive the blessings of God. That wasn't the result. The result was what? They're standing before God, their approval, their commendation. So this is how, so two groups, those who are not commended, those who are not approved by God, and those who are approved by God. Throughout all of history, throughout the whole world, there's always and only been two groups in, in this regard. And so what determines what side of this a person ends up on is faith. That, that is the determinant. That's the instrument, you could say. And so, so our first example, and, and we're gonna see the two words which, which really cement this whole thing together, sort of the structure the literary structure and it's um, the sort of the thematic glue, you might say. And, and one thing, I think one thing that about this passage is this is, this is like, um, from a literary perspective, this is like uh, some of the best literature <laughs> ever. I mean, it's just, even if this were not their the revealed word of God giving us all these truths as literature itself. I mean, this is just, it's, you know, ingenious. It's just fantastic. And so, um, but this by faith is going to be the thing that glues it together and it's gonna give us example after example. So our first example is it sort of a looking at us and talking about just in general, maybe one of the basic things that is required um, of our faith and it says by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible so it's almost like if we don't start here this is step one if we don't start here it's sort of hard to get any anywhere where else as far as our faith in Christ so um, this isn't enough for us to, there isn't enough content here for us to be saved, for a person to um, receive the knowledge that's necessary for faith in Christ. But it's necessary, I mean, um, really, our understanding of everything that is, um, it didn't just get here. And that's sort of like, you know, uh, your, your first baby step in, in faith is this. And it's create, it, not only was the universe created, but it was created out of nothing. So that's, um, we all accept that. I mean, we all know that. We all. Um, the world doesn't, and sometimes, um, sometimes that's sort of well. That is the hang-up for a lot of people. They, they can't get past this, you know, and so it's. Um, I don't know how much 
Yeah, that's, that's sort of the question when you engage in conversation with someone. It's like, well, how much time do you spend on this, you know, trying to convince someone that God exists, that, that God created everything? Um, sometimes it's really a real stumbling block, and um, sometimes it's, in my experience, it's sort of like, well, let's skip over that. Let's just go talk about the gospel and then some of the stuff that we've in men's group the things that we've been going through is sort of like not getting hung up on that but now going to the law the law which is the accuser which um and convincing someone of their guilt under the law and and so um but in the end this is this is the foundation this is step one of the baby steps i guess you could say so but now, we're going to get into this sort of hall of faith, start, start looking at some of these examples, these living examples from, from the Old Testament. And one interesting thing, and I'm, I don't think I'm wrong, I was just thinking of this this morning, but I think this is right, that throughout chapter 11, I don't think the law was mentioned once. So this talking about faith, and we've just gone through all these chapters talking about how the law, you know, um, relates and how Jesus um, is better, higher than the, than the law that was given by Moses. But now as we're given these examples of faith, I don't think the law is even mentioned in here. And so obviously our first, these are our first four um, faith examples. Um, obviously, these were before the law given by Moses, but even even going through after I, the, the law isn't mentioned, so which is interesting. So, um, so our first our first example is is Abel, and I gave let's see Chuck. I think I gave you yeah so. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and came with his soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought on fat portion from some of the first one of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. So, yeah, that's, so that's Genesis 4, 2 through 5. Um, I, I was surprised when I looked at it. It's like, really? There's very little mentioned of Abel. I mean, that's it right there. It's like, um, as I, I was, when I read through it, it's like, wow, this is, most, most of this is about Cain. It's like just a few verses about Abel, which is sort of interesting. Yet, he's our first, first example of of faith and it simply says there that he, that he would they gave offered the firstborn um, of the flock and God had regard for that and so that's it and, go ahead. well you got to look at a lot of what is not said here too right says by faith able more than so there's Supposing that God somehow or other 
revealed beforehand what is an acceptable sacrifice and what isn't. Yeah. And that's implied there. Right. And so, all right, so here in, in Hebrews, let's, let's see what Hebrews tells us. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous. There's that word, he was commended, he was accepted as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gifts and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So what, so what does it tell us? What are some of the things we observe here? So feel, feel free to call out. So that's why you gotta almost look at the sacrifice system that was revealed later. Yeah, but what does it tell us about Abel then? But that's sort of an implication that it was right. revealed right at the beginning to Adam, Abel, Cain. The, yeah, I mean, that's that could be. But what does this tell us <laughs> here in the, in the pages? Um, the, the things that it says says by faith, that, that he acted in faith, and... His uh, sacrifice is more acceptable and was righteous. Yeah, so sacrifice is more acceptable for, so, and he was commended as righteous, and, and so that's, um, yeah, so there was something there was something that he understood. Jeff. Well, I was going to say, you know, one thing I want to use that question. One thing he found out somehow Cain knew that that gift was not as good as Abel. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I. Yeah. And honestly, God communicated that to him. I mean, you know, I always picture my mind, you know, who knows where they were, but if they were. Cain was in his place, and Abel was in his place, and both did a sacrifice. It's not like, you know, somehow or other that was communicated to Cain that that was not uh, uh, the, the right thing, right? Right. He didn't accept the sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look back in that passage, one thing I noticed, and I'm not sure how significant this is, but it says that. Abel offered the firstborn of the flock, and Cain offered grain. I don't know. It, it seems to that seems to be just a very inherent um, or just a slight or implied difference in their heart, or you know the how much thought went into their to their sacrifice, perhaps. Yeah. Isn't it uh, come down to what's in your heart? That's I mean, you've got people that are stingy and they don't give out of their love yeah. of their hearts. Yeah. And that's just the way human able was. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly true. And that's why the, what, what it comes down to, and this is what Hebrews says, it comes down to faith. Abel had faith. Cain did not have faith. That's ultimately, and that's what we're told here, that that would be the distinction. And so for that reason, it wasn't because of the sacrifice, although we understand that um, 
without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin, which is the, which is, you know, implied within this. But ultimately, what was going on here, it was the heart, it was faith. Faith is what set these, what distinguished them. And so faith is why Abel was, Abel himself was accepted, commended by God, and Cain was not. It's just it's such a perfect example of faith producing works. Yeah, perfect. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the other interesting thing about this is as a result, Abel was commended accepting his gift. And at the end it says, and through his faith, though he died, he still died. Though he died, he still speaks. Yeah. So well, what does that say? He still speaks. Well, in some ways, looking at it from Cain's perspective now, Abel, he was a shepherd. Where Cain, he was more or less a crop farmer. And uh, from Abel's looking at it, he's offering something that he grew or things. So mm -hmm. Cain maybe is thinking, hey, I'll offer something I grew. He could have got a lamb Where the commandment was it had to be a blood yeah. sacrifice. Right. Now, were there, were there grain sacrifices? Yes. Yeah, there were grain sacrifices. So... It's possible for someone to offer grain in faith, right? So that's I, what he did offer is the grain. He offered the grain, but we're told here it wasn't in faith. So it's, it wasn't the it wasn't the animal versus really here. It's not saying it was the animal sacrifice versus the grain sacrifice. That wasn't the issue. The issue was their heart, faith. Don't you think though God said? The example of the sacrifice for me. Yeah. Sacrifice the animal for Adam's clothing. Yeah. And so. And the boys both knew that. And, uh, but I do believe it boils down to the heart. God could see their heart. And yeah. He knew what was in their heart. Yeah. And I do believe, you know, the great verses, the lamb wasn't necessarily it, it was their heart. Yeah. And so we're, yeah. Right, right. And so we don't, we don't really know. We, we still don't have enough information to know exactly what it was. But, well, we do here. We know that what it was was the faith. And so... Don't you, don't you think we're kind of maybe, maybe getting caught up on, like, so the faith produces works, right? Yeah. So if we have two people who do works and we start judging them by that... Yeah. We still have to track back to, like you're saying, do they have faith or not? Yeah. Yeah. So judging the works first to like look at the faith. Right. Isn't? I mean, it can be done, but it's not going to be the most helpful. And that's what he's telling us. He's like, yeah. it was faith first, and then it produced. You know, if Cain had that faith, maybe a great offering would have worked. Maybe he would have got a lamb from Abel. I don't know, but he would have known what to do to honor the Lord. Right. We're going to look at a lot of these names we're going to go through. These people had faith. They never, ever were in. They never sacrificed anything. They never even were involved. The um, sacrifices um, by the priests weren't even happening for these people. So 
these people were commended, had nothing to do with sacrifice. So, um, and as I say, the law is, is never mentioned in here from what I can see. So this is, yeah, this is getting way um, deeper than, yeah. than if that. If you want to look at the original describing, you can look at Genesis chapter four. Yeah, and that's what, yeah, that's what we read. So let, let's move on. We're gonna say that, uh, the, the other interesting thing is that, um, and through his faith, though he died, he, he still speaks. I find that real interesting. That just says to me that, well, I mean, it's still speaking in the pages of Hebrew for one thing, Hebrews for one thing, but a life of faith is, um, will, I think, not just Bible characters, but I think any, any of us are, who lives a life of faith, I mean, throughout, we have historical, you know, history of the church, there are many people, um, their lives of faith speak even beyond, you know, even after they die. And so that's something for us to aspire to, I guess, is that to live a life of faith that someone, even when we're, even when we've gone to be with the Lord, um, our life can still speak, perhaps, you know, at least within our family, you know, that kind of thing. So um, just a quick mention of that. But let's move on to the next, um, the next guy, and that's Enoch. And so verse five, by faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Um, so Enoch, uh, I didn't assign this, uh, Genesis five twenty-one through 24, would someone read that? about Enoch. He's sort of a, um, a little bit of a mysterious thing. I think it's a little, we, we sort of understand now by what we just read in Hebrews that, that it says God took him, but it's, and, and just in that, gene, that genealogy, that um, account of the generations, it stands out because the others say, you know, they died so many years, and this one, Enoch was not. He was taken by God, so it's like, okay, that's something different. But it really doesn't say much there, does it? So here's one we're really given more information now in the book of Hebrews. And so what does it tell us? Again, by faith, he acted in faith. That's all. That's why he's in this list. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. So yes, he did, he did not die. 
Um, and uh, because God had taken him, let's see, he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. So, once again, he was commended, he was accepted um, by God because of his faith, because he lived a life of faith. Was he more faithful than anyone else who was living? I, I don't know. We're not really told. We're just told that his faith, um, he was so commended by God that for God's own purpose, he did not take him. Maybe the purpose was so that he could be written <laughs> written in the book of Hebrews and, and presented as an example. We really don't know. But what's, what's the important thing that we do know? Why was he commended by God? His faith, yeah. <laughs> Sunday school answer, yeah. His faith, yeah. He, he, so he... He believed. Um, what did he believe about God? We, we don't know. I mean, it was, that, that's sort of unknown to what, to what depth of their knowledge was of God. You know, it's, it's hard to know that. Um, but we do get the, the sense that there was, there was a faith that was, a, he was commended by God. There was some kind of a relationship, I, you know, I would think that he worshiped God and Maybe God revealed directly to him things. Um, we don't know. It's not important that we know the exact content. What's important is that he acted on that in faith and he lived a life of faith um, and he was taken. And so I think there's only one other example in the Old Testament, right? Of someone who was taken. Elijah. Elijah, right, yeah. And so. Um, so, yeah, so Enoch, I mean, it's, it's very short to the point, but the essential thing is there, right? Faith, go. It feels, it feels so genius, because we just talked about Abel, and the first thing you want to do is start <laughs> talking about his works. Totally normal to want to do that. Yeah. And then, you, and then with Enoch, God's just like, I save people. <laughs> just like, you, yeah. again, you want it to be like, what do you want to do? It's yeah. Like, I save people. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so a good point. Yeah. 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 That, that's really insightful. Yeah. So. Um, well, don't you think even that next verse, though, it gets into a little more, because I like, you know, that verse 6, the fact that it says that, because uh, I think it must describe. Yeah, that's that's a good point because that yeah we do want to go ahead and get into that and um, right without faith it's impossible to please God so that's sort of that that lays out the necessity of faith um, so there's the term that's used, I, I can't remember where it comes, but the necessary and sufficient condition. So faith is necessary and also faith is sufficient for, um, so it's, 
faith is required and um, faith is enough. So, yeah, so without faith, it is impossible to please him. So no amount of works, no amount of um, nothing else can commend us to God. Um, And here we do see, it does offer some content here to the faith again. So um, it goes back a bit to um, what we saw in, up here in verse 2 and 3. Um, mainly 3. So by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which is visible. And so um, without faith it is possible pleasing for whoever would draw near to God and there's that um, idea of that relationship and something and I think that does expand upon what we just read with Enoch but it's also I think would be true of all of these and would be true of us and whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him so this, this is almost and we're, I, it's going to expand on it, but it's almost like it's looking back and looking forward. It's like Genesis 1 through Revelation 21. Believe that he um, exists and that he created all things, as we saw, but, and that he rewards. So it's looking back. He's the creator. Looking forward, he's the one who... Um, in the end will uh, reward and will judge and reward those who have faith. And so, um, and actually that's going to be um, expanded on here um, as we look at these other guys. So let's move on quickly. So our next guy is Noah. And Noah is mentioned quite often, actually, in um, Jesus mentioned Noah a number of times. Um, He's one who's mentioned more often than the other guys, the first two guys. Let me read it. So, verse 7, by faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet as yet unseen, here's that word, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So Noah is this one and probably doesn't, maybe doesn't get as much attention. So he's the one who came between the creation account and then um, Abraham who comes onto the scene but this is that big event that happens in between and um, and so we have Noah being so what so obviously we're talking about faith by faith Noah so what was his faith what was the content of his faith we're given we're given some insight here what was it about Noah what we're given more, uh, more content or more insight into his faith than we were really um, 
the first examples, Abel and specifically Enoch. It was. How many, how many years did he spend building that crazy ark? Yeah. He had everybody in, I mean, everybody saying that he was absolutely crazy mad, but he just kept going at it. I mean, think about what we do. You have a job that you do, and you're ridiculed for it for a day or a week, yeah. and you give up. Yeah. I mean, he did this. Well, the implication is uh, by the time time he got done preaching and the time for a flood and everything, uh, the rest of the world has gone pagan except for him and his, yeah. and his family. Yeah, yeah. Because they dropped, they dropped everybody else out there. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if there was a few more believers before that, they died pre Yeah. The pre-flood time. Yeah, that's true. Noah would have definitely stood out as being a man of faith because there were there were no others. He he and his family, or in particular he and perhaps his family was was brought onto the ark because of his faith. But we know that he had faith, and that was exemplified. Right? It was it was borne out by his works. And what was the work was. So he built the ark up during this hundred years when there was no rain and, and we see this because of what was unseen. So here we, we get a living example of this idea that faith is the conviction of things not seen. Well, another thing is, like you said, you see there, first of all, Noah was talking to God or at the very least he was listening to God, right? Yep. I mean, he heard God and then because of his listening, he obeyed, he, you know, he really did do that. I mean, that, mm -hmm. you're right. I mean, in some ways, you say, I don't know, he's so pleased he had more faith than Abraham. Because Abraham always tried to think, you're going to have an heir. And Abraham, Abraham said, well, God, so he, Abraham decided to start taking things in his own hand. You know, Noah, uh, God said, Noah, build an ark. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So we know that God warned Noah. We know that. Right. So he revealed to Noah. And how did Noah it says Noah listened and he acted, but there's a there's a description, sort of a description in the way the way he constructed the ark. It was in what kind of attitude? Fear. In reverent fear, yeah, in fear. So that's, that's sort of a... Well, that is a bad thing in our society today yeah. because, you know, uh, you know, some of the feel-good, you know, you can't put fear in people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I thought, well, fear's kept me out of a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. That was mainly my dad. So, yeah, well, the ESV says in reverent fear, and I think that's the idea carried by fear when you know, we, we, we fear God. We're God-fearing Christians. We don't fear his judgment. We don't fear him because we have a relationship in, the, in as far as we don't fear him as the, 
as the mean punisher, you know, that's going to rain, you know, punishment down on our heads. We have a reverence. We fear God in the way that a creature, you know, would. The relationship between creature and creator is that there's a reverence, there's an acknowledgement of his, you know, that he's way bigger, way greater in every, you know, infinitely so. And so reverent fear, um, it's not that... Yeah. I mean, if you think about Ananias and Sapphira, I think that um, I think that we'll see them in heaven, but they didn't fear God's power. Yeah. They didn't fear the Spirit's power to come out. Right. Yeah. They didn't have faith. <laughs> they didn't have faith, in, at least in that in that aspect. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean. You're right. I mean, that I, I think what we're told here is that that is an element of faith. And so is at least an acknowledgement of God's um, as a create creator, as a judge, that we are subject to. We as a creature are subject to his judgment. At the same time, we have our hope is in Christ and our Assurance is that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we, at the same time, perfect love casts out fear. So we don't have fear of judgment, but in acknowledging that it is only through Jesus, it's only through his righteousness, we acknowledge, we sort of acknowledge a fear of a, that we should be punished. By our own, you know, by our own uh, works, by our own um, deeds, we ought to be punished. But um, I think it's something that you learn in a in a in a healthy family situation. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of us have come from an unhealthy family situation. Mm-hmm. But what Jeff, what Jeff was talking about with his dad, he, he feared his dad. Mm-hmm. You know, loved him beyond anything. So, so that fear was a healthy fear. It was okay. Yeah. If if I do something wrong, there's going to be consequences, and I'm not going to like it. But also, in those consequences, I still know that my dad loves me. And and we have that we have that faith. We have that hope. We have that trust in our Father. That's right. Um, yeah, we could we could spend well we, we spent a lot of time when we went through First John. We actually talked about a lot of these things. So yeah, it's it's a um, uh, 
big subject, yeah, right, for a lot of conversation, but we must move on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a couple interesting things. So, um, it says, by this he condemned the world. That's interesting. I'm not exactly sure. It's just, um, uh, I'm not sure exactly what that means. I'm just going to pass over it right now. But he condemned the world. We know God condemned the world, but it says by his action, he condemned the world. Maybe he participated in, in God's, um, or by identifying with God through his faith, maybe in that way he condemned the world or he um well in a way if you look at things if you're living a good christian life you're sort of a condemnation yeah. to the pagans around yes you. yes exactly i think that yeah that was or others you know that yeah. non-christian yeah that's a good explanation that that's i think what i was trying to get at so thank you yeah exactly so moving on now our last last one in this is is good old Abraham. So, and we're going to continue with this uh, next week. And so Abraham, of course, lots written about Abraham, and these Jews that's written to they would have had, you know, of course Abraham is is a big deal. He's the the first of the patriarchs and. And so that's where it began for Israel. Um, so, verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in a land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. So, some observations, first of all. Um, by faith, he went out, he traveled. Now, this isn't, this isn't like uh, these folks in New York that are fleeing New York, going to Florida. That's not this kind of, that's not how this was. This was in the ancient world, picking up, leaving what's familiar, the source of all safety, which, you know, probably the family, you know, the community, everything that was safe, and traveling to a faraway land, subjecting themselves, I'm sure, to all sorts of thieves, robbers, murderers along the way. Um, going to a place they knew nothing about. Um, I think it's easy to see that that is an act of faith. I mean, that's, that's not hard to imagine, the, the faith that's involved in that. Well, in a way, it's maybe hard to this society because, you know, if we say something, we ex sort of expect instantly to get it. Yeah. Versus waiting years oh, yeah. and years so, in fact, by faith he went to live in a land of promise. Now, we're going to look more at this, but this land was promised to him. God promised that he would receive this land later. So, right now we're talking about the faith in actually going out. But ultimately, 
God's promised him in this land. Did he ever see it? Did he ever get any of this land that was promised to him? Yeah. Well, you can sort of see it. the promise, you know, the promise of a son. He got kind of anxious. Yeah. And uh, did it a way that God didn't approve of. Well, yeah. Yeah, there, there are a number of times that Abraham exercised faith. In fact, we've been, you know, David's been preaching, on, going to preach on Romans. You know, it's really um, highlighted in Romans that it's um, that faith is through Abraham's faith that he was made righteous. It says in um, Hebrews or in Romans, he's commended by God, we're told here, and so we're out of time. But it says, by faith he went to live in the land of promise and his, not just Abraham, this um, righteousness, the blessings were passed on down through Isaac, Jacob, who were heirs of the same promise. Verse 10 though, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. I think in here we see very clearly this faith that went beyond what was just presented right there. Now this is this forward-looking aspect of faith. And although we don't know exactly how well-formed this was in Abraham's mind, how much it was revealed to him, he was looking forward even beyond to this land that he was going to. He was looking forward to... Um, a, a city built by God whose foundations, and I think this refers to not looking forward to the messianic promise, but I think even further forward, looking to the new Jerusalem, and that's where we, you know, like I say, it goes all the way to um, Revelation 20, 21. It goes all the way to the end, to the new Jerusalem, and so ultimately faith is faith looks back at what God has done. God is the creator. We look back now on this side of the cross, we look at what God has done at the cross. We have that privilege, we have that advantage over them that we can see God's ultimate um, provi provision, the provision that, get, that allows us to be commended to him ultimately, um, who's Christ. But faith is also forward-looking to the promise that is still to come. And ultimately, it will be when Christ has returned, all, all has been judged, and the new Jerusalem, um, and we will dwell with him forever, for eternity. And that's what we look forward to. We're going to see more examples of that. Um, in the next couple of weeks of people who lived looking forward. And so we're going to see that.